Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. It's hot as hell out there. Heat index of 103 right now in Greenville. In Edenton and Roanoke Rapids, 111. That's just too hot. It's too hot. Uh, welcome in. Hottest show on radio at 5 o'clock across the Pirate Nation. It is the one and only Patrick Johnson show. I am merely the P-Man. Who is that I see there under that quaff of hair? How you doing, Patrick? Not Ben Byram. No, no. Derek Alcorn. Like Alberta. Yes, I'm back today. back in the home studio. Ah, it's good to see you. How are you? Pretty good. How are you doing? I, I like this hairstyle. I don't know what to make of it, but I like it. It's a bit of a mess right now, isn't it? <laughs> we're, well, in the, you, we're in the middle stages. In fair, yeah, that's always the awkward stage. I, you know, for a little while back in the 07, 08, I rocked the long hair. Oh, really? I did. It was down to my shoulder, and it was, uh, I didn't embrace it because I was in a corporate setting, so I would slick it back. But if I really, really, uh, when I would really embrace it, it was very cool looking. I thought it was great. What happened? I I started to get TV gigs, and whenever you got a t- whenever I got a TV gig, you know you don't want to go on there looking like a long haired uh, hippie, as my granddad would say. And so when I, you know, I, I wanted to look presentable on the te- on the television because I thought, man, I'll be a big TV star, and I couldn't have been more wrong. But I'll tell you this. Um. Now you can look anywhere. Here's the beauty of broadcasting now. Get here under the learning tree, Derek. I'm going to learn you some things here. When I first started in the world of broadcasting, the name Patrick Johnson had too many syllables to be on the air, right? Yeah. And now people have multiple syllable last names and first names, and which I think is great. I think it always should have been like that. I don't think you should have, I, I, I never wanted an air name. I was offered an air name two or three times in my career. What, what was your favorite? Of the ones offered to me? Oh, yeah. The one that sticks out, well, let me rephrase that. I was asked about an air name three times in my career. I was only offered a suggestion once, uh, and that's when I first got started. Well, I didn't get first get started because I was Patrick Johnson when I first started in Jacksonville. But, and then... Kinston local TV. I was still Patrick Johnson. Let me think here. So this was this was radio in Kinston, probably when I was in college. And they, yeah, I was in college. It was my first couple of years of college. And they asked me, did I want to be Pat Cassell? And I thought that's just the weirdest name. First of all, I hate being called Pat. There's only <laughs> it's the only only nickname that people do not go for. My mom could call me Pat. Maybe my dad, Steve Logan and Terrence Copper. Those are the only four people that I let call me Pat. Otherwise, I don't like to be called Pat. There's a guy I know whose name is Patrick. He hates to be called Pat, and because he and I have an antigate, what am I trying to say here? I'm the, uh, because he and I basically don't like each other, I call him Pat, just to aggravate him. That's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting at. So that's what... uh, that's what we do there. The, the guy thought I should be Cassell because he thought that I sounded like Howard Cosell when I was young. Instead of calling myself Cosell, 
Cassell, because everybody remembers Sam Cassell, the great Florida State uh, basketball star. So that's that. That's how that worked out. Is anybody on the phone we need to worry about at the moment? Nobody that's replying to me. Okay, well then, there you go. So, uh, Pat Cassell, but I turned it down because Mama Johnson wouldn't know who Pat Cassell was. She would know who Patrick Johnson was. That's uh, a good reason. When I got to Raleigh after I left here in 07, 08, and I got to Raleigh, I was asked about being, if I wanted an air name, and I said no. Uh, and then I was asked in Orlando if I needed, if I had an air name, and I said no. But about the time I got to Orlando was the time that people started using their regular names. If I had an air name, it would probably be a play on, it probably would shorten from Patrick to Pat, or I probably would shorten from something else to something else, or maybe use my middle name, that kind of thing. But I don't have to worry about that. All right, well, we've wasted sufficient time here discussing this in the first five minutes of the show. Uh, Welcome in. It's great to have you with us. We will have your pirate report coming up the bottom of the hour. Uh, Our guys, uh, including Chill Phil, is slaving away over a hot board coming up with uh, all kinds of uh, good cuts for you. Derek, D-Rock, also all over that production today. Our guy, uh, the ref, Philip Pilkington, got out there uh, today, took in the uh, postgame and the practice and all of that. So uh, thanks to our crew for working hard today and uh, doing everything. Apparently, Ben Byron, by the way, is moving into his new uh, abode. And by moving into his new abode, he has today off. So that's what's going on uh, there. So that's why Derek is is in the house today. Derek and I were having a a very lovely chat where I was learning him about the way broadcasting used to be. So if you see somebody, Derek, who's probably an old TV anchor, like you're from Colorado originally, is that correct? I'm from Kansas, but you're close. You're in the area. I always say you're from Colorado. I think it's because it's cooler. But, I mean, I'm sure you in, in Kansas you watch just whether you were an avid viewer or not the local news. Yes. And I'm sure there's some old codger who's been on the news there forever as the anchor, right? We actually had him retire about four years before I left. What was his name? It was Tim something. I, mean, I didn't watch it that Tim early. Tim something is a made-up air name. I'll bet you $100 it's a made-up air name. Because if he's an old codger, that's the, that's what the old people used to do. Big Hen, owner of this company, Henry Hinton, was Bill Tucker. Brother Bill Tucker when he was on radio up in the Norfolk market. There you go. See? All right, back to now other pressing uh, matters. Uh, so we'll have our pirate report coming up in just a little bit. In about 15 minutes, uh, maybe less, Greg Davis is going to be with us, Dr. Greg Davis. He had a child that was uh, on the 12U All-Star Baseball Team Greenville Little League that had the false positive test, and unfortunately that team uh, had to be removed from the uh, regional for the right to play for the uh, Little League World Series. And uh, that has been a big piece of uh, big piece of business here in controversy. And, you know, after hearing some, of, like, Tom, and I'm not knocking Tom, because I think, you know, Tom's grandkids involved in Little League, so he's got a real passion for it. And again, I'm going to say this, like I said the last couple of days, and I've said this since Monday. My biggest concern with this is the kids, that's who I feel the worst for in all of this. And at the end of the day, the kids are going to be fine. The kids have already moved on, I guarantee you. I guarantee each one of those kids have moved on. They're looking for So those are the two kind of consistent things that I, I, I want to say. So 
we've agreed to have Dr. Davis on, and I've talked to Dr. Davis, and he's a delightful man, and I, I know he's, he's impassioned about this, as a lot of people are, and a lot of people do have questions about this. But I, to be kind of fair, and look, when we were covering the thing with the state legislature and the North Carolina High School Athletic Association, we gave both sides their, their day on this forum. We talked to Q Tucker, the commissioner of the association, asked her for some clarifications on things. I'd like to think I asked her some tough questions that day, but they were fair questions. And then the same thing with Senator Todd Johnson, who crafted the legislation. With Senator Johnson, we asked him some tough questions. I think I was fair with him, and we gave him a form to explain himself and clarify some things. I think it was a productive set of uh, discussions that were going on uh, between those two played out in back-to-back days here on the air. So, to be fair, I reached out to a contact. Of course, we all know the Softball Little League World Series is happening here in Greenville this week. And we asked someone with Little League International to be on the show. And I explained, look, we want to talk about the event in Greenville. We're, we, that's, that's you know a big part of why we want to have you on. With that said, I have to, we have to discuss this because it's become such a big news story. And look, I've had an intermediary explain this to them. I explained it in my email to them. This is not, you know, I've been doing this 26, 27 years. This is not a hit. I know I look so young. This is not a hit. I've been doing it since I was four. This is not a hit piece. This is not a a gotcha moment. This is not even a chance to to badger you in any way. But I feel like if we're going to have someone on from the side of the parents, I, I feel like it would be, in my opinion, their obligation to respond to it. And I want to give them every chance. To, and it's still an open invite. They were very gracious in thanking us for the offer to come on the show. They certainly were excited to be here. They said they were excited to be here in Greenville to talk about the Little League World Series. But because of teams that have been eliminated, i.e. Oklahoma, Mississippi, and East Texas pursuing legal action, they had the similar fates of that of Greenville. They're not going to come on the air and talk about it. So that's kind of where we've left it. Now, it might be as simple a matter of them get, coming on the air and saying, hey, this is a legal matter. Our attorneys have not asked us or have asked us not to speak about it publicly. And that's fine. That happens all the time. And as opposed to pursuing it, I wanted to respect the fact that they they respect to the fact I was up front with them and I respect the fact that they were up front in their answer. They could have just barely said, no, we're not going to, no, thank you. We decline and not even give it an explanation, but they were really, really, really kind about it. And look, I'll, I'll say this. You, we need to support this event. I know it's a little wonky with the COVID, but they've set up a really nice kind of festive atmosphere for the bleachers out there. And this event that's going on here, albeit there was some controversy with the COVID test involving the Indiana team. Um, it's a good event for Greenville. It's actually going to end, wind up being a great event from Greenville when we totally 100% get back to normal because you're going to have people here from around the world. You're going to have people here. Now you have people here from around the country, a lot of places where people are moving from where they live to eastern North Carolina and Greenville. Uh, and they're going to see what a great city it is. And if they, they see that the city supports that sort of thing, 
then they're going to be more inclined to to look forward to being here, maybe want to get out and, and explore the city a little more, and, and hell, maybe even decide one day, hey, we'll move here. Who knows? Isn't Greenville's Little League team no longer in the tournament? That's right. That's what we were getting. Thanks for paying attention to what we were just talking about there. Yes, the, the team that we're speaking about bounced because of the COVID test. Now, it doesn't have – there's no softball. The, only, the softball team from North Carolina is from out near Charlotte. The team from Virginia that's participating in the softball World Series is actually closer to Greenville than the North Carolina team. So if you're looking for someone to root for, there's a couple teams they have some rooting interest for. Uh, so that is that. I tell you what, uh, we'll grab a break now. We'll aspire to get Dr. Davis on uh, and let him have his piece and, and discuss uh, everything that uh, you know these parents have done. And, and look, I, I boned up on this yesterday, boned up on this some last night. But I did not, uh, I just haven't had time today to see if there's any latest developments. So we'll rely on Dr. Davis to maybe give us some of those latest developments. Chill Phil, what's up, brother? There he is in there. Red around these parts is not as frowned upon, but that's a good-looking shirt on you, let me just say. All right, uh, we'll break. We'll come back. Dr. Davis, we'll discuss this thing. Derek, you're right. The team is no longer in the event. So we'll get to the bottom as to why and everything that unfolded and then I have some questions, uh, and, I, and I mean this in all earnest. I'm not trying to be a smartass. To what end are we now taking this to? What is the what is the end game with this from the coaches and from the parents to continue to have this go? I mean, look, I, I, I'm not denying that there's some questions that need to be answered here, and that's why we wanted to have the Little League people on. I feel like it's imperative for them to publicly ask those questions. They chose not to come on citing the litigation or pending litigation. Fine, no problem. But I'll I'll tell you this. I I do think it's important to kind of get to what what the people who are involved in this that felt like their kids were wrong, what's the end game? And we're going to talk to Dr. Davis about that. And I'm, I'm asking that in all sincerity. I'm not asking that to be wise. I'm not asking that to be a smart aleck, nothing like that. I'm asking it to, because I, I really, I think that's a, because again, in, in my estimation, and, and Corey Scott, who was the manager of the team, even said his kid was already asking him, had he signed him up for football? Kids that age are resilient. Kids that age have already moved on in their thought process. And I just wonder, you know, has the team, to a man you might not be able to say, or to a boy you might not be able to say, but I mean, I, I guarantee you the overwhelming of the people on the youngsters on that roster, while they weren't happy at the time, they're, they've probably enjoyed being kids and enjoying the rest of their summer this week. In other words, they've moved on. They're looking forward to the next sport or maybe playing fall ball or what they're going to play next year, getting back to school. I mean, stuff like that is what you're thinking about when you're that age. All right, so we'll have Dr. Davis on. Uh, should be a fascinating conversation with him. We'll do our pirate report a little later on. Let's break. It's the Patrick Johnson Show, and you are tuned to the flagship of the Pirates, Eastern North Carolina's home for sports, 94.3 The Game. Uh, forecasts 76 for the low tonight 92 and sunny tomorrow then 90 on saturday 50 50 shot at rain sunday and uh, 73 the uh, low going into the workday next week in fact 50 50 shot at monday uh, according to uh, the storm team uh, nine sport or uh, weather team uh 50 50 shot sunday monday and tuesday but uh, temps will uh Retreat into the 80s this weekend. 95 out there right now. 
with a heat index of 105. One of the big uh, stories out of the weekend, it's continued, continued to persist this week, and that was the uh, Greenville Little League uh, 12-year-old uh, all-star team. Uh, because of a COVID-positive test administered by the uh, folks that were putting on the event in Warner Robins, Georgia, uh, for the uh, regional and the right to go to the Little League World Series. Uh, one of those tests came back as positive, and as a result, the uh, team was uh, basically vanquished from the tournament. Uh, it's been a big story. We've uh, talked about it on stations on our airwaves, uh, and it's been talked about in other media as well. Again, before you uh, before we get going here with Dr. Greg Davis, we uh, requested... Uh, not necessarily today, but tomorrow or sometime next week to have uh, someone from Little League International on. And again, it was framed to talk about two things. One was the event going on with the Softball Little League World Series in Greenville this week. We want to promote that and we want to talk about that. But also, we had to ask them questions about this because it's such a big story and it's such a big story in our community. And again, citing uh, litigation uh, and legal proceedings, they said they uh, they would decline. But it was a very polite and... Uh, Good conversation through email that we had with them. Uh, let's go to the phones now. And uh, Dr. Greg Davis with us. He had a son on that team. Dr. Davis, it's great to uh, talk to you. And uh, appreciate you taking a few minutes with us here this afternoon. I know you've been uh, doing a lot here the last few weeks or last few uh, days. Yes, sir. I uh, really appreciate you having me on the show and give me an opportunity to get the word out about what's happening. Um I'd be amazed if you could get Little League International to talk to you because they sure haven't talked to anybody on the Greenville Tar Heel team. They haven't talked to any players. They haven't talked to any parents. They haven't talked to the coaches. We can't get them to respond to us. Um, Your setup was great, except for that the player never had COVID. Well, and I said there it was a a positive COVID test, and we were going to get to that, you know, in the discussion here. Uh, uh, That is, you know, a, a key part of this. Uh, according yeah. to the, the player apparently never had COVID. Now l- let's kind of start from the top here. The first sure. tests for the team in this setting were administered when? Well, the team self-tested to make sure that we were, uh, all going as a negative team, uh, the day before we embarked to Warner Robbins. But so was that, now wait a minute, wait, I'm, I'm going to test on Tuesday. Okay. And that was, that was something you all did as a team, as a Greenville Little League organization? Voluntarily, right. yes. Right, okay, all right. And, and then everybody got on a chartered bus and started quarantining and bubbling uh, from the minute those tests came back. So we got uh, on the way to Georgia with assurance of negative tests from the nasal swab, from the legitimate rapid test that everybody's using as the base, the basis for determining COVID status. And then we went to Warner Robins and they had to test as soon as they got to the hotel before they could check in Mm -hmm. to the hotel. They had to take the Little League International's version of the test, which is the saliva spit test. Okay. Um, Let me ask you about this. I've taken a saliva. I've taken about every version of the test that I'm sure you and many others in the audience have as well. Um, The saliva test I took was for ESPN last year. I did it at home. I swished something around, I put it in the tube, I put it in a sealed the tube, put it in a packet, sent it off. Two days later, I knew what was going on. Uh, was this that advanced? Had this been a test that you as a doctor had seen or were aware of or familiar with? Uh, in other words, would this, would this seem like a pretty legitimate test, at least to the naked eye? 
Well, it's, it's not the best test for what they were trying to accomplish. This is the test that the MLB players use. And so that's why Little League, with its affiliation with MLB, adopted this test. It's also a cheaper, easier test. Uh, and all of the results are run through their lab in Utah for Spectrum Solutions, which is the manufacturer of the test. I, I, but it's I, not the it's Dr. not the Davis, ideal Dr. test. Dr. I know I keep format. interrupting you, Doctor Davis. I, I, but, but just forgive me here. It's important to note with that major league test that was collectively bargained with the players' association in Major League Baseball. That, Correct. Yeah. So, all right. And, go, and go ahead. Spec- Spectrum Solutions makes it clear that this test is not necessarily meant to be the definitive test. This is an FDA-approved emergency-only use test, and it clearly says on the protocol for administering the test that it is only for adults 18 years of older for Mm self-testing. If it is going to be administered to a minor, it is meant to be done under the auspices of a healthcare professional medical doctor. Mm -hmm. It specifically says that in the test. And there are very... Uh, there are multiple deviances from the testing protocol that the test manufacturer itself says to utilize. So MLB testers are alone in a room with a physician. They take the sample. They provide the sample. There's an intake survey that goes along with that so that you can put the saliva test in context. Do you have symptoms? Have you been around mm-hmm. anybody who's mm-hmm. had symptoms? That right. sort of thing. Right. It's a fairly lengthy questionnaire. That did not happen. Our kids were all put into the same room, right. shoulder to shoulder, spitting next to each other into this test. No healthcare professional on site. No Little League official on site. A hotel employee collected the samples without gloves. The tests were not labeled or separated in front of any coach or player. All right, Dr. Davis. The tests were held on to. Yeah, let me me ask you this again. I know it seems like, but what we're trying to do here is, is, you know, because there's been a lot of he said, she said with this. Who identified the collector of the test as a hotel employee? I mean, what do I, I assume all that, of the players and the coaches that were there? Okay. There were no little league officials at the hotel. Gotcha. So, so yeah, little league. We have to frame this. Little League International said, if you're going to participate in this tournament, you have to follow our COVID protocol. You as parents are not allowed to stay at the same hotel as your children. Mm-hmm. Your children are not allowed to be near anybody else. Mm-hmm. You cannot even get their laundry from them unless that laundry is in a specific laundry bag placed at the lobby. And then you can come pick up the bag from the lobby and deliver clean laundry to the lobby. So they say that they have this protocol to bubble the children, but this hotel, they had other non non team guests staying not only in the same hotel, but in rooms adjacent to our players, they did not separate the players from the different states. Okay. They did all, they're all on the same elevator. They're all eating from the same breakfast buffet with the same utensils. And the testing is not supervised in any way, shape, or form by a medical professional. There's no cleaning of the area in between testing and state teams from other states are literally in the same room while our kids are testing. Okay. Dr. Greg Davis with us. His son was on the uh, Little League uh, team, the uh, 12U Tar Heel team, all-star team, that uh, basically was uh, was kicked out because of what uh, is being purported as a false positive test by, by the team and by the parents. Um, and Little League 
booted them out. I mean, there's a lot of ground to cover here, but when you say it was false positive, um, who? So, so what is that based on? I'm assuming other tests were so administered. It's based on it's based on the fact that the child was asymptomatic. Mm-hmm. The child had a negative test 48 hours earlier and had come in no contact with anyone else other than his teammates, and he immediately went out and got a rapid test that afternoon and that evening that both conferred negative status. Were those tests administered by a medical professional? Yes. They went to urgent care and got rapid tests. Okay. So so we have a player with no symptoms, unlikely to have COVID, and this gets worse because there was a mandatory parent Zoom meeting the week before the tournament took place. Mm -hmm. And I asked, as a physician dealing with COVID on the front lines since the onset of this epidemic, Mm -hmm. I I asked them, given the fact that children have a low transmissibility rate, a low likelihood of getting the virus, generally asymptomatic, and we're playing outside, what are you going to do in the event of a false positive to ensure that you're truly kicking out a player or a team for true COVID positive testing. And not only did they not answer that question, they banned that question from being viewed by the other parents on the Zoom. Okay. That was the week before the tournament. And and who was that Zoom call with, Dr. Davis? That Zoom call was with Little League International in order to be able to explain their COVID protocol and all the things that they were supposedly going to be doing to keep our children safe. Right. So that we're vaccinated parents and we can't be in the hotel with our children, but unvaccinated random strangers are staying in the same hotel in rooms right next to our players. Explain that. Well, yeah, and whether they were vaccinated or not, we don't know, but, I, but point taken, people that you don't know their vaccination status are in the same hotel, the same floor, in the same common areas pretty consistently, it sounds like, with uh, with the people, uh, with the players for not only the team here in Greenville, but other teams as well. Was that discussed right. in the protocol, Greg? I mean, did they did they say we're no, going to isolate no. the... Okay. They said that our kids, they said that our children's safety was their utmost concern. Right. And the interesting thing is that there were no COVID protocols, no COVID monitoring for any of the playoffs, for divisional or state playoffs. Okay. The only time they decided to put a COVID protocol in place was when it was time to go on TV with ESPN. Then all of a sudden they care about COVID status. But the truth is they did nothing to protect our children from COVID. They did everything to expose our children to COVID at that hotel. And the fact that our kids were negative was immaterial to them. And our contract stated that they forced us to sign that if you assume you even have a COVID positive player, no recourse for retesting, but we could still field a team of 11 players. Right, right. And it says in the contract, you can play as long as you can field a team of nine players. We had that. They said no. Okay. Not only did they say we had to leave, they said, you're COVID positive. Get out. You have 30 minutes to exit this hotel before we call the police. Oh, geez. Okay. Let me ask you, when you say we signed a contract, do you mean that there's some sort of contractual agreement when a team gets to the regionals that that they enter in with Little League Internet? Can you explain that? Yes. The, The parents have to 
sign a contract, a player's agreement on behalf of their minor children that stipulates to all of the conditions of tournament play. And the whole mission statement of Little League International is to develop the health, safety, and well-being of children through the love of baseball. And that is exactly what they didn't do. So the, I mean, they didn't was follow that, their own protocols. Was that just this year, Doc, or was that is that something that is done every year? Or is that just a this-year thing, or do you not know the answer to that? Well, that's a this-year thing. Okay. They didn't have right. a World Series last year. Well, you they know didn't what I, have any tournament yeah, play but, because but, but, of but COVID. You know what I, so you know what I this mean. This is them flying by the seat of their pants. But when I, I was worried about their protocol because it didn't make any sense to me from a medical perspective, that's why I raised the question on the parent zoom. And I was really concerned when they didn't answer my question and banned it from view for the rest of the audience on the zoom call that, that really made me nervous. And here we are in this exact position. Right. So at the end of it, I call Dan Velty, the senior operations management executive at little league international. And he finally calls me back and he says, to me, well, you had a positive test. We're all about the safety and concern of the players in the tournament. I said, you have just done this to Oklahoma, East Texas, and Mississippi. Right. They're all negative also. And he said, and it's been confirmed with no symptoms and multiple repeat tests. And he literally said to me on the phone call, just because everybody has had repeated COVID negative tests and is asymptomatic, doesn't mean they don't have COVID. All right, let, let me <laughs> let me ask you this, Doctor Davis, and and uh, again, I I think you you provided a lot of incredible detail here, but there's also a lot of things you know I, I think need some follow up here. Uh, just to be clear, their protocol was one: you, you you test positive, there's no retest, you're out. Except for the contract that we all had to sign, says. In the event of a positive test, we will collaborate with medical physicians, healthcare professionals. We will look at the context with your symptomatology, and we will make a determination as to player status. Another section of the agreement says that in the event that you cannot field nine COVID-negative players, your team will be disqualified from tournament play. But we had a let, notwithstanding their ridiculous testing, their unsanitary conditions, their unmonitored collection process, their shipping the samples of who know who's label to Utah. We still had a team of 11 players that were ready to play. Was that not discussed? They did Was that not, not honor even... their agreement. Okay. So we, no, nobody our, ever collaborated manager, with anybody. Corey Scott yeah. begged and pleaded with them and said, this player has had two tests. He's not positive. We just retested. Our players are ready to go. What about your agreement? And they said, no, we don't know about your contact tracing. You're not playing and get out of our hotel before we call the police. And then beyond that, who, now who told you that all that, of the guest passes right. of the 250 player guests at the stadium, nobody from North Carolina could go to the stadium after they kicked us out. Are you alleging that the hotel told you to get out or they're calling the police or somebody with the tournament? No, I'm alleging that a representative from little league international who was calling to inform coach Scott of the positive results threatened our players and our team with immediate removal from the hotel. So these kids are three hours away from the biggest game of their life, 
two wins away from going to the World Series, every kid's dream who plays Little League Baseball. And instead of getting ready for the game, they are told for no good reason, you're not playing, get your stuff and get out of our hotel. And they are thrown into the parking lot where we were called emergently as parents to come over and pick them up. The kids are hysterical crying. Everybody's in a state of disbelief. There's not a single Little League official on site to explain what's happening. There's not a single healthcare professional. And if they say they care about the health, safety, and well-being of the players, why would you put a COVID-positive player out onto the street, right. especially one who has been bubbling with all of his teammates and coaches? Wouldn't you worry about a super spreader event? We've never had a single phone call or follow-up connection with Little League International. They have dodged every attempt we've made at discussing the issue with them. They've never shown an ounce of concern or welfare for the well-being of our children. Dr. Greg Davis uh, had a son that was on the uh, Greenville Little League team that uh, had to return from Warner Robins, Georgia, because of a uh, false positive test. Uh, that uh, that is what uh, Greenville Little League is saying, and that's what the tests uh, conducted, as Dr. Davis has told us, at Urgent Care have uh, yielded for this player who in a saliva test uh, is uh, said to have tested uh, positive, according to Little League International. So complicating this, and you reference Oklahoma, Mississippi, East Texas, complicating this is Nevada and Hawaii have had players test positive yet we're allowed to still participate in the tournament. And then look no further than here in Greenville this week. It was announced yesterday that in Indiana, uh, Zionsville, Indiana, had three positives, yet they're still participating in the softball World Series tournament. So uh, that, to me, really kind of raises a red flag. If, If Greenville, whether it's fair or not, was treated the same as Oklahoma, Mississippi, and East Texas, I understand everybody's upset about it especially if the things that you're saying happened are indeed true, and I'm not saying they're not. But what I'm saying is it now looks a little weird to have three or four teams booted from the event, and then you have positives on other rosters, yet those teams are allowed to participate. I I have to admit, yeah. They're scrambling. They're, They're scrambling for some sort of a playbook here. They have no medical direction. They have no knowledge or guidance of a credible way of how to manage or protect our children from COVID. They're trying to put on the facade of a COVID safe event for their ESPN contract, but in reality, they're not. So they eliminated four COVID negative teams. Right. They're allowing COVID positive and COVID positive contact trace players 24 to 48 hours later to play because now it's time. They, they have to fill the brackets to put a product on TV or else they don't have a little league world series. So my understanding was after we left on Saturday, they stopped testing in Warner Robins, Georgia, because they didn't want to know if anybody else was going to turn up positive falsely or otherwise, because then they wouldn't have a bracket to get to the world series. How hypocritical is that? What, what is the, yeah, go ahead. No. So, so players who actually don't have COVID are completely banned and ostracized. Like they're a bunch of terrorists with no follow-up, no explanation treated like pariah for only being a winning team. Greenville Tar Heel team is the only undefeated postseason little league team to present at the Southeast regional tournament. 
This is a team that is undefeated since they were 10 years old in postseason play. They won the Southeast Regional Tournament when they were 10-year-olds. Right. They were one of the top seeds of this tournament, and now they're out, and Florida gets a pass. Nobody's even testing Florida anymore. So let- and Hawaii has a positive player, right. and Hawaii's in it. Right. And Utah, do you know Utah checked out of the hotel? Their okay. parents checked the kids out of the hotel when they saw what was going on. Right. We don't like this. And they basically violated the conditions of their players' agreement, and they're still allowed to play. So let, but let me, we're not. Let me ask you this, and I mean, I, I mean this in all sincerity. What is the end game here for you? Because it's not like you can put the well, team back in. I mean, what's I the agree. end game? We, we, we looked at suing because Oklahoma and Texas are suing Little League International. Right, that's why Little League International won't come on and, and answer any of these allegations, which I've you know we've offered him to do, and, and they're still welcome to. I, I think I do think they have some explaining to do based on uh, what you've told us and what others have, have reported on as well. But but what? Uh, uh, didn't mean to interrupt. But I just want to interject that again. But but sure. yeah, give me give me cowards, give me what the they're not going to come on any show. They're not going to come on any platform. They wouldn't even call our manager back. They're right. not going to come on your show. They have an indefensible platform from a medical perspective, from a human interest perspective, from violating their mission statement. Right. There's nothing that they can say to justify their horrendous behavior. But, but, but I go back, Greg, what's the end game legal here? Action, yeah. mm-hmm. But we cannot sue, unlike Texas and Oklahoma, because our local Greenville Little League will not support our lawsuit. Greenville Little League is the entity that has to bring the lawsuit because they are the aggrieved party. An individual family or player has no recourse in the court system because what can the judge grant you? It was the team that was denied play, and it's the team that has to get satisfaction in court. So without the support of Greenville Little League, ironically, we have the softball World Series happening in our own backyard right now, so that's probably why there's crickets from Greenville Little League. Um, We're left with no other recourse other than the court of public opinion. But if you and the court of public if, opinion mm-hmm. is going, what we want, we want a formal apology from little league international on a national platform. We want them to say at the start of the little league world series, that the results and outcome of this world series are tainted by our ineptitude and inadequacy of managing the COVID threat, our policies, our protocols were flawed. We sent people home that didn't deserve to be sent home. And there needs to be an asterisk on this. And our apology goes out to all those players and families. The next thing they need to do is they need to reimburse the cost of travel and participation in the tournament for all the families who were wrongfully sent home. Because some of these families have saved up for years for this event. This has been marked on the calendar of these little right, boys' families. Right since they were nine years old. I, I think that's a fair cool. I think that's a fair request to be quite honest with you, Doc. I, I, I agree with you there. I think at the very least they should be willing to to have some sort of remuneration um for this. Again, if it if it bears out to what you're saying and you know, there's it's a false positive, but you're still allowing teams with positive, legitimate positive tests to participate, then the, the, I think that's a pretty fair request to make uh i don't know if you'll get the public apology uh that that, that you're seeking you know I, I, and, and you may or may not know this the young man who got the false positive test the other kids your son how's everybody doing as far as that goes 
Kids are pretty uh, resilient. Kids, you know, kids they, are resilient. Yeah. They're heartbroken. You know, personally, my child, who's usually very stoic and reserved, watching him cry himself inconsolably in his mother's arms for the first three nights after being sent home from that tournament, trying to come up with the words to explain to my son, who's been working for the stream for four years, why, through no fault of his own, following all the rules that were arbitrarily set up by Little League, why he's home right now instead of packing his bags and doing his laundry for Williamsport. Mm -hmm. There are no words to explain it. This is everything to a child. This is Santa Claus, Disney World, and the greatest dream you ever had all rolled into one that were absolutely ripped from them. And the way they were treated afterwards is just completely incomprehensible. And the corruption of Little League International to put on a product on ESPN and gloss over what they've done to these children. How dare they try to make a dollar off of their image of American apple pie, wholesome baseball family, moral values. They should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. I can't make it right for my son. But what I can do is I can turn this horrendous tragedy into a way to show my son that when life deals you an unacceptable hand, and an injustice through no fault of your own, you will fight the good fight. You will shout it from the rooftops, and you will let everybody in America know that this is not okay. And I'm realistic about the outcome. I don't think my child's going to get an opportunity to play. That's been robbed from him. But I will hold Little League International accountable. And I know that I personally have the support of the entire team, all of the families, I know I have the support of Greenville. Even Greenville Little League board members have privately told me how sympathetic and supportive they are of the cause. Oh, no, I, I think we Our all are. I mean, Greg Murphy is yeah. supportive. Everybody's supportive. Right. I understand they're in the middle of it with the softball World Series. I'm not here to blame Greenville. This is a Little League international right. organization no, problem at the highest well, levels. And yeah. that's where the corruption starts and ends. I, I I really appreciate you taking the time with us here, and I hope we've given you uh, what you feel like is a fair forum to, to voice these concerns. And I think a lot of these concerns are very, very legitimate, and these are some pretty serious allegations that uh, I find it unfortunate Little League International uh, you know, won't come on. We'll afford him the same amount of time to answer these questions. I mean, we'll, we'll ha- we're happy to talk about the event in Greenville because it's an important event. Uh, the softball Little League World Series is, but we have to, you know, th- these are some questions that I think need to be answered one way or the other. Hey, uh, Dr. Right. Davis, thank hey, you can so much. Can I say one more thing yeah, real go, quick? Go ahead. Yeah. If you go to hashtag GLL Tar Heel Statement, hashtag GLL Tar Heel Statement, everything that I have said will be proven with documentation. Please go on social media to that hashtag GLL Tar Heel Statement and see for yourself what Little League International has done to our boys. Yeah, Doc, thank you. Appreciate it very much. Thank you so much. All okay. right, there he is, uh, Dr. Greg Davis uh, with us here. We'll get some uh, pirate cuts. You guys have worked on these pirate cuts, and we're probably going to get to two or three of them. Uh, we'll have our pirate report coming up after this. We'd appreciate it if anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. We are very anxious to know how far the broadcast is reaching. 94.3 The Game. And 94.3thegame.com. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, we are going to get to him quickly here. Let's cue up cut four, Derek. 
Will defensive coordinator Blake Harrell be in the box or on the field for game day? Ooh, ooh, where will the coordinator be? Let's find out. He's most likely going to be up, you know, and it's, it's there's there's positives to both. Um, you know, I just, I was the same as him. You know, I always wanted to be on the field, but to be honest, after, after I was put upstairs, uh, I mean, you see everything and you watch so much film, it's almost like, you know, you see it before it's happening to a degree. Now, how much can, how quickly can he relay it back down? That's the that's the critical thing. So we've got to have great, uh, you know, great guys doing a great job on the field. So, but uh, most likely he'll be up. All right, uh, cut seven here. How he feels like they are as far as being prepared for the happy appies. I mean, you know, we spent a lot of time this summer preparing for them. And certainly there's some, some similarities uh, that, uh, you know, between them and us so you're getting some of that out of this right now but really we're just focusing on us right now you know trying to develop our guys get our playbook you know installed solidly get everybody on the same page that kind of stuff you know about two weeks out you know we'll start really turning our attention solely towards app state jeremy lewis south central product moved from offense to defense of course he played two ways in high school and i thought as great a receiver as he was in high school he was a a natural defensive talent so, Coach Houston, on the development of uh, local product Jeremy Lewis switching sides of the ball. Well, I think Saturday's an important day for him. Uh, you know, he's done some good things. Uh, it's, you know, we've put so much more in package-wise uh, already than we did in the spring, you know, for a variety of reasons. You know, we, got, we had the big halt during the spring. We had to pause for a couple of weeks, and that, you know, threw everything off, and then it was his first time over there, and you know, Coach Dow's first time through the defense. So we've already thrown more at him than he had in the spring, and, and he's, you know, picking it up. And certainly he's, he's a good player. You know, I want to see just Saturday just what kind of an impact he can be right there. That's today's Pirate Report, and we'll be back to wrap it up next. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. I can't wait. On your flagship home of Pirate Football, 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Great job today by uh, Derek and uh, by Chill Phil, quasi-intern Chill Phil. Let me let me ask Chill something real quick here. You, uh, everything good? Everything good? Everything's doing just fine. You, we had a fire drill. You gotta take it off when you're done. Derek, listen to Derek. Even though we we had a fire drill for you, and you passed with flying colors. You pass with flying colors. Hey, thank you. All day, every day. Oh, wow. I love the confidence in Chill Phil there. Chill Phil's a very soft-spoken guy, but when he speaks, he speaks with uh, exact certainty, and I like that. Uh, Derek, great job by you today. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. It's nice to be back home. It was nice to have you in here today. I'm glad you're back from uh, Colorado. Kansas, I know. Kansas. You went to Colorado for something, though, didn't you? vacation or something like that i went to colorado like four years ago what i meant what i meant hey uh appreciate dr greg davis coming in again we've asked little league international to come on we've told them what we're going to you know discuss as far as topics and we're happy to discuss and we want to discuss what's going on with the softball little league world series but we understand too this is a murky deal we were up front with them and uh there's just some strong allegations and you would think they would want to get out and, and make some kind of statement because these are some pretty strong allegations that Dr. Davis and uh, that team is bringing up 
Uh, we'll see you tomorrow as we wrap up the week on the Patrick Johnson Show. Catch you then. Have a great Thursday and stay cool.